0: I'm Harris Faulkner. I'm Greg Gutfeld. I'm Janice Dean. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, November 2nd, 2020. I'm Trey Inks. Gunmen storm Kabul University killing at least 19 Afghans.
1: Within the social media, there are horrific images of students that were shot in the back while trying to flee and jump out of the window. Some of them are bracing each other.
0: This is the Fox News Rundown. Global Pandemic. Tension around the world continues amid the coronavirus outbreak. From terror attacks to contested elections, fresh stories are unfolding. Over the next few minutes, you'll get the latest headlines on the global COVID-19 outbreak and hear from Yonat Freeling, a senior Fox News field producer, about important stories over the past week not related to the virus. Starting first in Brazil, where protests erupted over plans to distribute a Chinese COVID-19 vaccine. Hundreds took to the streets of Sao Paulo yesterday, holding signs and chanting. With 5.5 million total cases in Brazil since the outbreak started, local officials want to have a vaccine ready to distribute by January. Now to the United Kingdom that will enter a month-long lockdown on Thursday. With more than 46,000 dead in the UK, officials are leaving open the possibility of extending the new measure. The U.K. saw more than 23,000 new cases in the past 24 hours. Finally, in Afghanistan, limited testing makes it difficult to get a full picture of the outbreak there. Officially, around 100 cases are being reported each day from government-controlled areas. 41,000 total cases have been reported so far in Afghanistan, though the country made headlines today for another tragic reason.
1: Early in the morning, um, right before a book fair for Iranian books have started in the uh, Kabul University.
0: This is Jonathan Freeling, a senior Fox News field producer.
1: Three gunmen have stormed uh, Kabul University. Um, and according to eyewitnesses, the attackers were shooting at every student they have seen. Um, they were going through the campus, um, ending at the east side of it where the law and journalism faculties are. Um, so far no organization claimed responsibility and the Taliban said their fighters were not involved in the assault. Um, the attack followed um, a, a huge explosion. And then probably from what we understand from eyewitnesses accounts and a very short and brief um, statements by the security forces, they stormed the university, engaging in what seems to be a hostage situation and an exchange of fire for many hours with the security forces. Um, within the social media, there are horrific images of students that were shot in the back while trying to flee and jump out of the windows. Some of them are bracing each other. Um, it seems horrible. Um, this comes as the, uh, there are peace talks between the Taliban and U.S. back forces as a goal to end the American presence in, in, in the country, in Afghanistan. So I'm not sure it's related, but... Um...
0: It's interesting. Kabul University has been targeted a number of times in the past by the Taliban, but we have seen a rise in attacks Conducted by ISIS in Afghanistan. So it will be interesting to see if there's any sort of Islamic State offshoots that claim responsibility.
1: Indeed. And also, um, last about 10 days ago, on October 21st, there was another attack on an educational center, killing 40 people. Most of them are high school students. So it seems to be a horrible trend, uh, one might say, to attack educational facilities
0: and university and schools. A lot of the previous attacks were associated with the fact that there were students looking to get a Western education and work on a peace process and a better future for Afghanistan. So it's really horrible that these are the people targeted in these sorts of horrific tragedies. Um, I I do want to shift to our next story now, and that is an update on the earthquake last week in Turkey. This occurred in Western Turkey and some of the images in the immediate aftermath, were really not unique to see for earthquakes, but were unique in the sense they weren't really being covered so widely in the international media, simply because this was a very specific part of Turkey. But there was a lot of damage and even people over the weekend being pulled out of the rubble.
1: Even early this morning, two uh, girls were pulled out of the rubble. One is a 14-year-old and the other is 3-year-old. Um, so far the death toll has reached 85 uh, people. Um, it started on Friday um, late morning and it was a 7.0 Richter scale hit. Greece was also um, affected by it. More than a thousand people have been earned, injured. Uh, we've seen the dedication of rescue teams um, that have been working tirelessly since Friday, and they have managed to rescue children, um, elderly people, and even a 16-year-old um, with her dog. Her, his name is Fistik, His pistachio uh, from the eight-story building on Saturday. Um, Turkey is very prone to um, earthquake because of ge- geographical um location. This is the deadliest quake in Turkey since 2011. Then it was in the city of Van, um, and 500 people were killed. The most deadliest, um, the deadliest earthquake Turkey have known was in 1999, when 18,000 people have been killed. Some of them were tourists. So far, 3,500 tents and 13,000 beds have been um, shipped to the province, to the Izmir province for temporary shelters, and the government is doing all it can to uh, rebuild and rescue the rest of the people.
0: You're right. Turkey does sit right next to a fault line that makes it uniquely susceptible to earthquakes. And one positive thing amid a story like this is that the Turkish government is prepared for these types of disasters and can quickly get field hospitals set up and reach out to allies in the region and adversaries to get help. It was interesting to see Israel offering assistance in the aftermath of this.
1: Yeah, back in the 1999 earthquake, Israel has sent many crews and field hospitals from search and rescue to Turkey. Uh, but since 1999, the relations between Israel and Turkey have been deteriorating, and this time Turkey did not accept the Israeli offer.
0: You've been listening to You're Not Freeling, a senior Fox News field producer. We'll be right back. I, let's shift now to our last story, and that is elections taking place in a number of African countries. We can start with Tanzania. I know. The U.S. Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, weighed in today on the election aftermath in Tanzania, saying, we are deeply concerned by reports of election irregularities, politically motivated arrests, and violence during Tanzania's elections last week. We urge authorities to fully address concerns of irregularities and will review allegations of the use of force against civilians. The U.S. State Department making clear their position on the elections in Tanzania, but it's not just Tanzania that is dealing with the aftermath of a contested election
1: true we'll start with tanzania and then we'll go on to ivory coast and guinea um, but tanzania is the freshest one the first story and maybe the most concerning one um, the election were held on saturday and the opposition right after it ended have claimed that the election um have been uh, manipulated and demanded a recount and maybe a fresh vote they also called for mass protest which broke up broke out in the cities of Tanzania. Um, a few members of the opposition um, have been arrested, as um, Secretary Pompeo said. Some social media videos show police using excessive force and beating people in the streets. sometimes are being dragged into um, trucks and being uh, hit brutally um, on the truck without anyone seeing. Uh, the president, John Muga Fully. His nickname is the bulldozer. This is his second term, and he's running for the third one. He claimed that he won 84% of the votes, but the official results have not yet been declared. Once this happens, there's, according to the uh, local constitution, there's no way to challenge it in court. The opposition claimed that the president has been reigning with violence and taking steps to censor free press. Um, The presidential candidate of the opposition is Tundo Liso, who came back from exile in Belgium. Um, The U.S., as you mentioned, uh, and Secretary Pompeo have called um, to reconsider the election and maybe um, hold them again. And, of course, to avoid any political motivated arrest. Um, We're going to shift to Ivory Coast and Guinea. They're very similar in in substance because there are two um, ruling presidents that are trying to defy the constitution that have uh, two term limits. um, And they're both are running to a third one. Uh, Oppositions in both countries claim that this is illegal and they cannot be done. Um, this resol- resolved violence um, and some arrest again. And um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's very concerning. Both countries, both opposition leaders um, in both countries call for the international uh, community to intervene and to make sure that they're, ho- they're gonna be held uh, free and clean elections. I wonder when the Secretary of State will um, voice his concern about Guinea and Ivory Coast maybe in the coming days.
0: Yeah, they're certainly keeping an eye on the situation. And from a State Department perspective, I think they want to set a standard of what America expects other countries around the world to do. Uniquely enough, our own elections in the U.S. this week going to receive the criticism and praise of countries around the world based on how they're conducted and how quickly and and efficiently and clearly results are, are given. We'll move finally to our good news story of the week, and that is having to do with animals, cats and dogs flown to the United States. Where were they coming from and what were they doing?
1: We are talking about the largest single pet rescue flight in history, 600 pets dogs and kittens have been flown from Hawaii, from the three islands of Hawaii, um, to back to the United States to Seattle Washington. Um, The shelters in Hawaii were closed due to the pandemic. um, And so it was very hard to evacuate the dogs and cats back to the mainland. So on October 28th, um, a group of charities from the Greater Good Charities have Taken a Hercules C 130 aircraft, which is a very big one, from Auckland, California to the three islands of Hawaii and back to Seattle. Once the flight have landed, all the pets have been checked. Most of them were a little tired and were very, very hungry. They are doing amazingly well now, and they only need to find loving and forever families. 70% of 70 of them have been adopted, and we have 530 more cats and dogs to go. So with the winter coming, I don't think there's a better way and better time to adopt a pet to cuddle with.
0: I'd like to adopt a pet, but we've gone over that before.
1: Yeah, well, maybe I'll present you. We'll share it.
0: Just like the fish. <laughs> Just like the fish. That's our good news story of the week and the news you may have missed amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Yonat Freeland, a senior Fox News field producer, joining us once again on the Fox News Rundown podcast. Yonat, thank you.
1: Thank you, Trey. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up to the minute news, go to foxnews.com.